If you were able to walk into a room confident that you would be well-received, seen, heard, and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here is the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Michaela Gaffin-Stone. Welcome everyone to Navigating Complicated Relationships here on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm Michaela Gaffin-Stone, your host. I'm a board certified behavior analyst, human behavior expert, and I do a lot of work with human design and with parents. And today's guest also does a lot of work with parents and she has a bit of a different angle to me, but we have a lot in common as well. So I'm really excited to bring Christina Kader to you today. Hey, Christina. Hello. I'm just going to read a little bit about you from the show notes so that everybody's got where we're at. Christina Kader is a parent on a mission and so much more. Her story is one that most of us can resonate with. As parents, we're working hard to support everyone around us and we often neglect our own needs. Am I right? When it finally gets bad enough that we start searching for solutions and not just taking it anymore, we end up finding information like this. Burning out? No problem, just take a break. Get some rest, get some exercise, get a few extra hours of sleep, because we can all do that really easily, right? And take a vacation, right? Yes, I'll, I'll take one of those. Uh, and consider a power food diet. As a busy parent, these solutions are just awful and they made Christina feel completely defeated. None of those seemed possible for her. There was no opportunity for a break and she recalls that she couldn't even pee without little hands coming under the door with shouts of, everyone needed her all the time. So get more sleep, pretty hopeless. Parents need a completely new definition of self-care, one that fits into the crazy schedule that we all keep and that will recharge our battery while we're working and parenting and tending to the million other responsibilities that we take care of on a daily basis. So no big deal, right? We need a new way to reconnect with ourselves that doesn't involve a year abroad, eat, pray, love style. We need something that works fast so our kids don't end up suffering because we've put ourselves last for way too long. Now, this is such an important message because so many parents are running on empty and they're just utterly exhausted. So the question I want to ask you for the beginning, Christina, is why do you focus on parents? Yeah. Um, first, I just I want to be clear that I focus on parents experiencing burnout, which is a little bit different from parental burnout, which is burnout from being a parent. Because most people that I work with, the burnout comes from like the giant totality of the load that they carry. And it's not just one thing. And like you said in the, in the intro, I focus on parents because I believe we need a different solution. And it's super frustrating because anybody who has scoured the internet for like ways to get better, like when you get to that point where you're like, oh my goodness, I need a solution. And you start looking on the internet I was so frustrated at the advice out there. I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but like there is a huge focus on workplace burnout, for example. 
And there is a lot of finger pointing at things like workplace culture or a toxic boss or like unreasonable workloads. And I think for some of us being able to blame something external and then taking steps to move away from that is kind of part of the healing journey. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to take steps away from that. And if you know it's your workplace that's causing the problems, you can move away from it. And that's like empowering. Like it's always an option right. to take some time off work or to get a new job. But with parents, with the people I work with, the desire to get away is so high. But it's not just one thing they want to get away from. It's everything. And it feels impossible to get away or to take the kind of break required to heal from burnout. So like the whole situation feels completely hopeless. And they also know if they do get away, that whatever they come back to is probably going to be bigger and scarier than whatever they left. And yeah, I, I agree. Like I think, you know, parents... Parents, people at work who are suffering burnout as well, if you take time off and you come back and you get straight back into exactly what you were doing before, exactly the way you were doing it before, then you're going to end up exactly where you were before, only a lot quicker because a couple of days off isn't going to recharge much of anything. It's just going to put the lid on for a moment. It's really not, you know, it's not that big a deal to take the time off. And parents... You can't take the time off. And if you do, if you manage to get somebody to step in for you, then probably you're going to feel guilty as well on top of that. Yes, absolutely. That's a huge part of the burnout is all of those emotions and the guilt for sure. Yeah, that that is such a tough one. So why do you think parents burn out specifically? So it's interesting because almost everybody thinks that it's it's just the tasks. It's the number of tasks that parents have to do. It's the million things that we have to look after on a daily basis. But it's not. It is not the tasks. It's that it's the way that we have been conditioned to think about the tasks and our role within it. And I love that you've made this discovery too, Michaela, because you have also preached in some of your podcasts that our inner world is so much more crucial to our happiness than our outer world. And that's exactly what's happening here. So this is how I see it. Our mind is a brilliant data processing machine and its sole purpose is to keep us safe and alive just a little longer, right? We all agree on that. And we evolved as a social species. So the best way to stay, stay safe is to be part of the pack, to be like included in our social community. And our mind starts noticing everyone around us, how they are behaving and how they're reacting to the ways mm-hmm. that we show up. And that creates programs for us, like programs that say, like, um, like if you behave this way, people will like you and you will be safe. So let's imagine quickly that our mind sorts this information into two categories. And I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. So give me a second. Oh, I'll okay. just sit back. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very passionate. Go, go for it. Go for it. So it sorts everything into two categories, good and bad, like so super simplified, right? Just as an overview. So in order to be good, you need to do these things. And if you do these other things, you are bad, like treat others nicely and you are good because it's going to help you stay part of the group or display anger and you are bad because this is going to make others not want to be around you and therefore compromises your safety. And so your mind is brilliant, brilliant. And it doesn't have just one list. It has a list for every single one of your identities. Identities like mother, sister, daughter, aunt. Our mind has lists for all of those. 
but we are also friends and colleagues and maybe we're entrepreneurs and pet owners and homeowners. And each of these is going to have its own extensive list of requirements of what you need to be in order to be good and bad, acceptable, not acceptable, successful, not successful. And if we think of any of those identities, we can come up, we can come up with good and bad, like what it means to be a good daughter or a good homeowner. And what is going to get you judged as like bad or failure in each of these categories, right? Right. And even within these categories, there's going to be subcategories that each have their own long list. I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. And since we're like talking about parents today, I just want to take a quick look at the category of mother for a second. This is one of our identities. And I know that I'm focusing on female roles here because I'm a mom myself and it's what I know, but dads also have their own extensive list. So this is not intended to be, you know, exclusive in any way. It's just illustrative. Okay. So yes, we can think of, can anybody think of any subcategories? Can you think of any subcategories? What makes a good, bad, successful or not successful mom? Oh my gosh. (laughs) There's there's so many, there's, there's like, well, do you, cook the food or do you get the kids to go I, I don't know like yeah. how much are you there are you working a lot are you too tired to play are you just short-tempered because you know you're working on three hours sleep and you know a 12 hour day and then your kids say so it's, I love, there's so many things like right so that's exactly the point I love that off the top of your head on the spot you just came up with seven or eight different things So I'm going to go through a quick list. Like, how about how we look? Frumpy sweatpants mom or put together business mom? How much time we spend with the kids? You touched on that working mom guilt. Like, oh my goodness. How our children behave. That's a big one. Because how successful do we feel if we have to leave a restaurant because our child is disturbing the peace? Right? Can I just say, can I just say, I do a whole lot of parenting around that. There there is a lot of behavioral stuff around that and, and what parents make it mean so yes please what do get parents, back to your list but that's yeah. like big tip for me I love that like I love what you just said what parents make that mean because there is absolutely an underlying assumption that if our child behaves perfectly then we must be parenting perfectly right right they're exactly. an extension of us yeah they're an extension of us so you know if mini me is behaving then we're good but if they're having a tantrum and everybody's giving you that judgmental look of you just need to smack them, et cetera, how, how high did the pressure just go and the stress and the tension and the dissonance between what you want to do as a parent and the pressure that you're feeling that you think you might not even hear that narrative, but you're hearing it in your head, right? You, you know they're thinking those things because they're giving you the look. That's the mind BS. You just touched on it. And so... That that giving that look and that judgmental look, that is exactly what I'm talking about, what our mind takes in and takes our programs. And these subcategories for moms will go on and on. Like we have a subcategory for how stimulated our child is, which is why we find ourselves running from activity to activity and feeling guilty about screen time. And we can't forget their success in these activities. Like think about how you feel if your child is the top goal scorer in your soccer team or the one who can never quite keep up, you know, successful child, successful mom, just like you said, their accomplishment is your accomplishment. So <laughs> I'm going to end my rant there. Uh, but like, 
you and I can can totally agree that this barely scratches scratches the surface of the programs that moms carry around with them everywhere. Everywhere moms go, everything they do or don't do is measured by their mind, just like you explained there. And it's put into one of these lists. So did you work late? Fail. Cereal for dinner? Right. Bad. <laughs> like forgot right. to help your kid practice for their spelling test? Unacceptable. And so when we talk about overwhelm, because your original question was about overwhelm, I'm getting back to it. We talk about those outside things, like the lists and the tasks, but 90% of the overwhelm comes from this internal dialogue and the conflict, just like you said, that makes us feel like we're failing at everything. And those are just the mom ones. Like we just want mom ones. Like we're carrying all those identities about what makes like a good sister and employee and colleague and friend and spouse. And it's so freaking heavy and it's so exhausting. And it's a lot. It is so much. And you know what? I want to add another thing because this is societal. It's hitting everybody. And um, I've been having a discussion about this lately. Cancel culture. Now, Mm. someone said to me that the cancel culture is not a thing. It, It most certainly is. And if you do something or you say something one time that puts you on the wrong side of cancel culture, you are in a world of trouble because you're literally canceled. It's like you don't exist anymore. And that is the biggest threat to you being in the group. You know, you're getting thrown out of the group. So for teenagers, this is a huge deal because it's the biggest weapon I think teens have ever had to wield against each other. And parents are having to navigate that too because they oh, don't want to yeah. get cancelled, but they don't want their kid cancelled. And there's there's so much in that. And I think you and I could probably do another episode on that one all on its own. Oh, for but we, sure. we actually are already pretty much at the first break, which is kind of crazy. Did that go fast or what? We have lots more to talk about. So everybody that's listening, I'm so glad you're here. I hope you've got your notebook, your pen, paper, whatever you're going to use and make some notes because Christina's got some gold to drop for you today. And she's going to tell you when we come back, she's going to tell you where you can find her and how you can get in contact and a little bit about the website and so on. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to Inspired Choices Network. And you are listening to Christina Kader and myself, Michaela Gaffinstone, navigate some very complicated relationships. See you soon. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com.
This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. We are having a wonderful conversation today about some really important perspectives for parents and how to get out of the uh, mind BS because, boy, an awful lot of us are swimming in it and some people are drowning in it. and We really need to do something about that. So, Christina, I would love for you, before we get back into various rants that may come up, because it's it's what it's that kind of topic, right? It's it's just it brings that out because there's so much emotion attached to all that burnout. But before we get into that, I would love for you to tell people how they can find you, where they can locate you and talk to you. You know, what? how do they get you? Yeah, so the best way to get me is on Facebook. I have a Facebook group that's called Blissfully Busy Parenting Without Burnout. And that is a wonderful place for parents to gather, support each other. And we are collectively learning to define what it means to fill our own cup and how to put the fun and fulfillment back in the daily grind. So that's a great place to join me there. Um, and you can also find me on my website, mindbs.ca. Oh, I love the website name. It's nice and easy, mindbs.ca, very simple to get to. So before the break, we were saying that it's not the tasks of parenting that burn us out, but it's the way we think about those tasks. So my next question for you, and I've got it written down, I just want to say it exactly how I have it here. How do we make the shift from overwhelm and burnout to happiness and joy? And first of all, is that possible? And then how do we do it? It's possible. I'm like, I am such an optimist. I have to believe that it's possible, but I did not believe it was possible for, for quite a long time. And, and I think there's some parents out there that are probably listening to this now and saying, yeah, right. Happiness and joy, uh-huh. you know, as they shovel the next load of diapers or whatever. So, you know, now I got a quick yes from you on that. How, how do you do it? Well, it's definitely a journey. I wish that I could say that it was just a switch that you can flip. Um, but your mind has been creating and solidifying your programs for your whole life. And it is very attached to them. And it's what it believes, like it, your mind believes that these programs are going to keep you safe. And so it wants to hold on to them at all costs. And I've actually made a gift for your audience that's um, going to help them get started right away. So we'll talk about that later. But what I, want to explain, <laughs> what I want to say is that, yes, it is possible. And I have like, because I, I thought it wasn't possible, I ended up creating a program that walks you through it step by step. And it's five steps. I'm just going to go through them quickly here. Like step one, no rush, okay. no rush. Okay. Oh, fantastic. step one is you have to uncover your old programs, just like we were just talking about, because these programs all that good and bad, those are totally subconscious. We have no idea that they are running below the surface. And so we first need to understand why our mind is telling us that we need to act or feel or be a certain way in order to be successful and likable and worthy. And we've touched on it a little bit, but this is what I call your mind BS. And that is the little voice that tells you to work harder like be better at everything. It's the voice that tells you that you've done something that's on the bad side of that equation. And now you are bad and nobody will ever love you ever again. 
right? <laughs> Everybody knows the voice I'm talking about. And that oh, yeah. little jerk gets its power from your old programming. And so we need to figure out what these programs are so that we can look at them as a freaking grown-up, not the little child who was around when these programs were created, and decide which ones we're going to kick to the curb. And so that's like figuring out your current location. That's step one. And step two is to map out your destination. And we ask ourselves, what do we really care about? Like, what truly matters to us? And so there's a trick to this. The big reason that this doesn't work for most people, if we just go into like a visioning exercise and ask yourself these questions right now, it's because your programming is going to answer. Did you know that? <laughs> that's that's actually a superb point. I, I love that. In fact, make that point again, because that was that is gold. People write this down and or make a point of coming back to this in the podcast, because this is really important. So... <laughs> Yeah, so your program self is running the show. And if I was going to ask people on the street what they really want, I'm going to get two most common answers. First one is, I don't know. Why? Because our programming has taught us to put our needs at the very bottom of the list in favor of helping others or achieving something, anything that's going to get us liked and praised. So we've never even asked ourselves that question. So that's my number one most common answer. Number two most common answer is, I want to live somewhere tropical and never work again or some version of that right right but do you do you really or has that just been like painted as desirable by the media because how long could you do that before the boredom makes you start looking again for something that's going to make you happy like and, and then beings are always doing right <laughs> and in the context of real life are you going to leave your kids behind or are you going to bring them with you or like how do you want to raise them and so for some people, maybe that is their destination. Maybe that is exactly the best life that they're going to live, but not for most of us. So where does that leave us? Right back in our dreary lives. That like, So this is why we get so frustrated with all of these exercises. So in this course, we actually spend five whole weeks getting very, very clear on what our dream looks like in the real world context, not just like some impossible fantasy. And then when we've got our place where we are now our program self and our destination which is actually our true self then we are ready to start making the transition from where we are now to where we want to be and I call this program the bridge to your best life and so this is the bridge building part and we build a, a bridge by first getting connected with our true selves these that's the parts of ourselves that our programming has told us to hide so long ago and one of the biggest pieces of ourselves that we hide is emotions because our mind BS tells us that the only acceptable emotion, the only one that's gonna make us more likable is happy. So we paste on a smile and stuff everything else down. I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but when I first started doing this work, I was terrified, like petrified of my emotions. I did not want to do this work. I wanted to keep everything stuffed down because I associated emotions as weakness and as a loss of control. Right. And frankly, right? if anybody's listening to this and they don't identify with that, I would love for you to get in touch with me because I, I need to talk to you. I need to find out what's going on there because that's, you know, everybody, we're, we're taught to stuff our emotions down. Don't cry. Here, have an ice cream. You know, mm -hmm. don't cry. Uh, big boys don't cry, right? Like that's, oh, that has to be one of the most toxic things that, 
you know, humankind has ever perpetuated. But we do that. So your emotions, you're taught to stuff them down from the get-go. And the only acceptable response is happy and yes. Right? That's the only thing. Yeah. Don't be dramatic. Don't be crazy. Look at that girl. Oh my goodness. Like, oh yeah. So we like, so it is super, super important to me that learning to befriend your feelings be as simple and not scary as possible. So connecting with yourself is that step three of the five-step process. Step four is to build boundaries. And this is such a buzzword these days because boundaries has been promoted as like solution to pretty much everything but it's just it's not easy for everyone like I tried for years to set boundaries and I ended up like pushing people away or saying no to everything or making huge blanket boundaries like swearing off men after my divorce because I didn't actually know what I was protecting and Michaela, I love in your podcast episode on boundaries that you noted that boundaries need to be linked to your values. And you noted that without them, you are not clear of where you end and where the other person starts. And that is so true. And that's like exactly why we don't even attempt to set boundaries until step four. It's not step one, it's step four, which is about month five of the program, because like you said, like you noticed before, I was trying to set boundaries from my programmed self. And my programmed self had no idea where I ended because my entire identity was around fitting in, pleasing others and not making waves. And it's right. impossible and, to set boundaries from that place. And it's hard, if not impossible, to set boundaries when you've never had them because your parents either were you know, if you're Gen X, then chances are your parents weren't really involved. And so you didn't get the boundaries and they might not have known what boundaries were either. I think we've been going off track for a few generations now. So you can sort of go all in and then back way off and and try again. And it looks very choppy. It gets very sort of experimental and, and can end up feeling worse than it did before you didn't have any, because at least when you didn't have any, you knew you were going to get walked over. Now you don't know what's happening because you're testing things. So boundaries is, I love that that's later in your program because it takes build up time to get there. It takes a lot of undoing and unbecoming in order to get to a place where you can contact what kind of boundaries are actually going to work for you and, and what it means. And the fact that you have to tell the other person about them, because if you know if you don't express them, then it's just a, a line in your mind. It's not actually a, a boundary, right? So I, I love that you have that on month five. That's fabulous. I love that you notice the wave effect, the boundaries and then moving away. And what that is, that's actually a war between your program self and your true self. It's your true mm. self saying, no, I'm worth it. And you know, I'm gonna set a boundary, and then your program self going, oh. You're making waves. You're not, you know, going to be, no, take it back, take it back, take it back. And, and so it's this war inside of yourself. Absolutely. Um, and so the very last step, if we have time before the break, is to get comfortable in your new life. Because there is nothing that your mind likes more than slipping back into its old patterns. So here we take the time to redefine what success means in our new life. We learn how to rest for maximum replenishment and we build ourselves an action plan to keep us moving forward. And so usually this type of work takes years. 
But I am thrilled to say that my clients get results in only six months and it does not have to be that painful. You know, and I love that six months is the time frame because it's long enough to make a real difference and it's short enough to be, you know, visible. You can see the end of that line because anyone who's listening who just groaned at the thought of six months and like, oh man, can I have a solution today? No, that's the internet talking. You, you don't get a solution today because you've spent your life getting to where you are now and you've got all these inbuilt programs that you've been carrying, solidifying, reinforcing, you know, adding stories to, and there's a lot to unpack. So I love that you have a, a six-month program where people can literally get in there, start to see what they're unpacking, and then deal with it step by logical step, and, and it's... I love that you've really put some thought and effort into this because the order that you have the program in is really powerful. We're going to get into this more because holy smokes, we're at another break. can't believe this. Um, when we come back, Christina's going to give more gems. So, And she's got a gift, I gather. So that's really cool. Don't go away. You're listening to Navigating Complicated Relationships on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Michaela Gaffin-Stone, and I'm here with Christina Kader. Don't go away. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. We have got an amazing show for you today. I'm loving this, so I hope you are too. I would love to get some feedback from you. You can contact me on the internet. You know, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, mostly Facebook. And Christina, you can find her on Facebook. That's a happy space too. So, you know, come and let us know what you thought of the show and any questions that came up for you. And as we come back, just remind people once more of the website that they can find you on and the name of your Facebook group, Christina. Absolutely. So you can find me on my website at mindbs.ca. And I have a Facebook group of fierce parents who are looking for to put fun and fulfillment back in the daily grind. And that is called Blissfully Busy Parenting Without Burnout. 
I love that. Blissfully busy. Absolutely. Now, tell us a little bit about you, because we jumped into this and I'm just kind of, hey, here's Christina and she's she's brilliant and she's going to tell you these things. But tell us, tell us a bit about you and what really sparked your passion for this topic. Yeah, so I realized now, so I spent my most of my life as my program self, way too much of my life as my program self, just trying to make everyone around me happy. And I was always a really hard worker. Um, I remember my babysitters telling my mom how helpful I was. Like I was like this born people pleaser. And as I grew, I also became a success chaser. So I got good grades and I was sweet and helpful. And I believed my entire life that if I was just working hard and I could be successful, I could be a productive member of society, then I would be happy. And so I wanted to be a productive member, member of society and I wanted to be a mom above all else and a working mom. That was always my goal was to be a working mom because I was multi-passionate. And subconsciously, I believed that if I achieved all those things, that I was going to be blissfully happy. I believe that I could create this like little love bubble of family and security and fulfillment. Do you know what I mean by a love bubble? Like a little nest of happy in this beautiful life that would be my little place to be safe. I'm just picturing the children's storybooks and the picture of the happy family who are like the 2.2 kids and the, the dog that's, you know, smiling and not making a mess yeah. or chewing on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I grew up in a very tumultuous household and this was always my fantasy. I, I thought like, I'm, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to create something better for myself. And I achieved it all. By 30, I had a successful career. I was married. I owned a house and I had two beautiful children and I was miserable. There was, there was no love bubble for me. There was no nest or safe haven like marriage was hard and my first kid had autism and that came with some challenges and my second kid never slept never ever slept for more than 45 minutes at a time like you were talking about had one of those yeah right like how hard is that to find happiness when you can like just barely make it to the coffee pot in the morning and right. I was back at work right and I was you know working on trying to be that good employee which was an identity that I had there my good and bad and my mind bs and I was falling asleep during my meetings. Like people were talking directly to me and I was falling asleep. And it just felt like my whole life, I had to bottle up my feelings and keep it together in order to continue to parent my increasingly violent son with autism. And this other little one who just needed stimulation at all times. Like he was the mom, 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 like kind of kid. And I was constantly pretending like everything was okay. I was pretending like everything was okay with my husband. So the kids didn't see us fighting. I felt like I had to rush everywhere. I was barely keeping up and I was trying so hard and never quite measuring up. And honestly, I was pissed. I was feeling so this mad. actually. Can I, can I just say I'm feeling this right now? I recognize an awful lot of that and I'm feeling it. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're, that you're empathizing with me. Cause like, I was so mad and I, I know other parents having worked with them that they're feeling this too, but I was so mad that like I worked so hard and this was my happily ever after. Betrayed. That's the oh, word. Betrayed by the entire, every message that I ever got. And what did yeah. I do? 
I looked for solutions outside of me. I looked for systems that would keep everything on track. I had giant mom calendars, like, you know, and I thought that maybe yep. my career was unfulfilling because I picked the wrong passion. Maybe that was it. So I went back to school and I thought my love bubble home wasn't working because I picked the wrong partner. And so I got a divorce and I spent 10 years, 10 years trying all, okay, I'm getting two, two words up here. I'm going to take a breath. Try all of these solutions and suffering every single day, trying so hard and never getting anywhere. And so now when I work with parents, I call this the happiness treadmill. Running, 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 trying to get to happiness and never getting any closer. And eventually I couldn't run anymore and I burned out. So that's where my passion comes from. And that was in I can 2017. Hear it. I'm <laughs> feeling that passion. I got, I got you there. That's um, holy smokes. So, and, and, you know, so many people are, in fact, betrayed by the stories that they've believed as children, the things that people have told them. And some of that is the artificial, everything's fine. And some of that is the, you're a bad person. Or even worse, is the, you're only good if you do this, or you're only good when, right? Yes. This, and this is the toxicity that so many kids absorb about themselves and I think it's worse now than it was when I was a kid certainly because the internet and social media and everything is out there just flooding us with all this crap and on all these artificial um, you know these false happy things and this look at me I have a perfect body and, and I have six kids and don't I look amazing and we're all smiling and blonde and, and whatever else you know and it's like I've, I've seen this on on TikTok and it's just I do not believe a word of this, but you kind of do on some level, right? And if, if you're not there too, then and, you, and you're running, you're trying really hard, but that lie that you've always believed just doesn't come true because, you know, it was a lie. Yo. So now you have a course put together that you can deliver to parents. You go through it with them, right? You, you're there help, sort of helping them navigate all of that. Do you have to be um, parents take the course? Can you be someone who's just experiencing all of that without the kids? No, absolutely not. You do not have to be a parent to take this course. Um, like we can all benefit from digging into our old programming and building boundaries that align with what we like truly care about. The big benefit to parents, though, is that parents do not have the luxury of a break. Like we hear people say that, you know, they took time to dig into themselves or, oh, I just, you know, spent the whole weekend, you know, meditating. And that just feels like super, super impossible for parents. And it's interesting because as I was going through this and as I was sort of creating this, I didn't realize that what I was creating was actually for parents because I was in this situation where I was off of work and I was trying to, cause I was on stress leave. Um, cause I just, I couldn't handle my day anymore. And I was trying to get myself out of this dark, dark hole. And as I was trying to get myself out of this hole, I'm also parenting, you know, at this point we had four kids because my, my new partner also has two kids of his own and we were living together at this point. And so now we've got four kids between the age of five and 11. I am off of work. It's summertime. They're all home. And even 
like every little childish noise that they make registered as pain in my body. You know, even the happy sounds like the squeals of delight registered as pain in my body. So I was, you know, absorbing all the things I was in therapy. I was so frustrated with how slow the therapy was going because I'm like, I have to be back at work in a couple of weeks. Like I need something that's, you know, let's move this along. Let's get better so that I can function. And so I started reading all of the things that, you know, was available, all of the self-help. I took course after course and I started assimilating it all. And I'm a learning designer by trade. And so I didn't like, I wasn't consciously designing anything, but what I was doing, one of my superpowers that I didn't know was a superpower, superpower at the time is to take all of these intangible things and put them into some sort of an actionable step-by-step process that people can follow. And so I did that for myself and I started getting better. And I didn't realize that what I was doing was actually perfect for parents. Like when, but it's just, that was my reality. When I first started this, I was actually targeting high performers, right? Yeah, That's so interesting because with human design, which is what's coming up for me right now, I'm just looking, looking at you and thinking you must be a two, four, but anyway, with human design, you started doing what you thought you wanted to do. And it just, it took you where it needed to go. And and you went with that. So I just want to throw that in there because for anybody that's listened to me talking about human design before, or if you've looked at that, what Christine is saying right now is a beautiful example of being in alignment. That is exactly what it looks like, where you're going over to the right thinking that this is what I got to do, but actually you're being pulled to the left and that's what you end up with. That's you going with the flow. So I love that. That's just, that's a beautiful example of being in alignment. Thank you. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm working with these high performers without kids and it's very effective for them. That Like it's fantastic. But I was realizing I'm not really relating to them on the same way. And it, it turned out that my real passion, like the place where my real understanding and empathy comes from is the parents. Because like, I feel like for us, the stakes are real. Like we need to get out of that hole so that our kids don't suffer. Like that is so real to me and that is worth it to me. And building a business is a lot harder than I imagined. And Mm. that's what makes it all worth it. So I love that I've made that shift to parents and that it's resonating with the communities of people who feel like there are no, there is no solution for them. And that's, again, that's what happens when you do things that are in alignment with who and how you are and what lights you up. And just listening to your story, what I'm hearing as well is that you were basically parenting yourself and possibly siblings from a very early age. So you've been on this journey for life, not just since you became a parent. And I think every child advocate that there is, and certainly every parent sort of advocate, that's out there probably has their origins in a dysfunctional beginning that just, you know, this, this is a hot mess. This is, this, it's gotta be better than this. Right. And I think that's a very powerful motivator and it's absolutely, it can become a passion or it can pull you down. So I'm really pleased for you and for everybody that gets to meet you that it didn't pull you down. You got out of that and and have stepped into creating something amazing. So that's well, absolutely beautiful thing. Yep. I don't know if we have time, but um, it's interesting that you say that because 
I believed for most of my life that yes, I was parenting at a young age. Yes, my childhood was tumultuous and it was not a good model of parenting, but I believed that I could do better. And I think one mm -hmm. of the things that led to my burnout was my striving to do better. And that the realization that it's not all joy all the time and the guilt that comes with it from not being joy all the time and that I wasn't perfect all of the time. Um, I, I do believe I did do better, but the standard I had set for myself was so high that it was unattainable. And that sure. was hard for me. That's that's the child's dream, right? You have yes. this, this amazing goal that you're going to reach no matter what. And, and it's got to be so much sunnier on the other side. But, you know, yeah. But I love that you've created this program from it. And then we're at another break, which is just like, this is going so fast, I can't believe it. But I would love for everybody to stick around because Christina does have some goodies coming up for you or a, a big goodie. I, d I don't know what it is, actually. I'm going to be surprised, too. So that's really cool. And I have my pen ready. Do you? Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Inspired Choices Network. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships. And I'm your host, Michaela Gaffin-Stone. I'm with Christina Coder, and we are having a brilliant conversation. I'm loving this. Thank you, Christina. Don't go away. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad you're still here, and I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am, because, you know, that'd be cool. And please let Christina and myself know what you think about the program. Uh, you can find us both on Facebook. That's probably the easiest. And I have my website, which is gaffinstone.com. So really easy to find. And you can have a look around there, book a session with me to just say hello and see what is possible for you, what kind of coaching you'd like, that sort of thing, human design. Or you can go to mindbs.ca and find out what Christina's got going on. So speaking of mindbs.ca, Christina, you called your company MindBS. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? So it's actually a play on words. <laughs> and it alludes to the dual cognitive and somatic approach of healing that comprises the MindBS method. And so we talked about my language. You're speaking my language. Keep yeah, going. yeah, I like that, eh? And so I get all psychology on you. So... <laughs> We talked a lot about our mind BS today and um, like this is the lies or like hogwash or balderdash that our mind shouts at us. See, I'm, I'm trying to be very politically correct in order to keep us compliant and small. And our mind BS is like that little cattle prod of our old programming and it just it needs to go. None of us should be lying awake at night stewing on the ways that we aren't perfect or listening to the lies from inside our head about what makes us a good enough human and listing all the things that we did wrong today. Like, no, thank you. 
And I could have called it like mind balderdash, right? But I need that BS. I need that BS for the other side of the mind BS method, which is mind, body, soul. And so as we grow up, our mind disconnects from our body and soul. Our programs tell us that our emotions are bad and our intuition is stupid and not to listen to our body because we can't trust it. Or maybe like our inner wisdom doesn't exist because you know what does exist? Logic. Logic is where we need to be. And that's the only way that we should be able to make decisions. And so that little voice inside of our body that tells us don't do something, don't listen to that. No, 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 no. Everybody else is running this way. You need to run that way too. And so we end up in a place that is pretty far from our true selves. And so we need to reconnect our mind back to the rest of our being. We need the different parts of our being to learn to be friends again and to trust each other so that we're not living with this internal conflict that we talked about earlier. But for many of us, our programming is so strong that this is really hard to do. It is not easy to find ourselves. And like, if you panic or if your mind goes into overdrive, if you try to like, you know, stop for a second, if you try to meditate or do a mindfulness activity, that is exactly what I'm talking about today. So I've called it mind BS and and the mind BS method because every week my clients get two products. Product one is the cognitive exercise where they have to think about something to actively combat their mind BS. And they get a somatic exercise that complements the cognitive exercise and is specifically designed to start linking the mind, body, and soul so that by the end of the course, they actually know what the term inner wisdom means and they know how to tap into it and they can start using it to make decisions about how they want to live their lives. And it's this dual approach of cognitive and somatic learning in the mind BS method that makes it so fast for the clients to get results. I absolutely love this. Like it, people, it, people who are listening to this, if you are not ready to go for this, then um, I, I don't know because Christine's got, Christine has got all the gold, just wow. You know, I'm, I'm ready to jump in and you're speaking my language. Like I got to say, I'm really resonating with so much that you were putting out there today. Now we, we're actually getting low on time, but you mentioned a free gift for people who are listening and we might want to just let them know about that right now. Cause I don't know about everybody else, but I'm ready to go for it. What you got? <laughs> what you got? Two. I got two. You, you got two? Yes. What? Yes. So gift number one is the burnout escape plan. And this was born of everybody asking me, Hey, Christina, I'm burning out. What do I do? And you know, they go on the internet and you see, you either need to add something exercise, yoga, meditation, or, or like a new hobby that brings you joy. We don't have time to add anything. Or you need to take something away, which is like quitting your job, taking stress leave, or going on vacation. And none of this feels good to people. So they come to me. So I have created a resource that allows you to start soothing your nervous system while you are doing everything, while your kid's playing soccer, while you're cooking, while you're driving. And this gives you actual tangible things to do. So you can find that at on my website, mindbs.ca forward slash escape burnout. The second thing I have for you is I actually have free coaching packages going on right now, which I call the Happy Parent Project, um, where we go in and we dissect one area of your life and we 
come out with tangible solutions. I'm all about the how, I'm all about tangible. So you're actually gonna leave with a piece of paper that tells you exactly what steps you need to take to get to your specific goals. And so that's also on my website, mindbs.ca. And the promotion does end at the end of November, but since we're the 29th, I've pushed it a little bit into December. So you can still grab your free spot today if you act fast. I love that. Wow. So that's, you got an escape plan for people from burnout. So that's just about everybody. And then you've got this coaching opportunity where you're going to really hone in on one area and strategize the hell out of it so that people can really, you know, start taking actionable steps and, and get results that feed back into the brain saying, this is working, this is working, let's get some more of this. So what a beautiful thing that you're offering everybody. I love that. That's, wow. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to be checking this out. My kids are grown, but, you know, you never stop parenting, I got to tell you. If, if you think it's done when they hit 18 or something or 21 or whatever the magic number is in your head, oh, that is not the case. So it's uh, it, it's never an ending thing. So I, I absolutely love that. Is there any last thing that you'd like to tell people? Because we have just a little bit of time left. So if you want, if you could give people one big takeaway from today, what would it be? Yeah, I want to leave people with the idea that there is hope, that they're not stuck. Like so many people believe that they have to wait until the kids are grown or until retirement to feel any sort of relief or any sort of joy or be able to decompress that pressure that they're just holding everything in. And that is absolutely BS. That is not it, true. Big time BS. And how many of us, I mean, if you're not driving and you're listening to us right now, I invite you to consider how many things do you say, when I get to this point, then I'll be able to that desirable thing, you know, and it could be when I lose 10 pounds, then I can go to the beach. When my kids are grown, then I can travel. Or when I retire, okay, if anybody's listening to this and they're thinking, when I retire, I'm going to travel. When you retire, unless you've taken really good care of yourself right now, you might not be in a state to go traveling. So that whole thing that Christina was just talking about of when this happens, then I'll be able to do that. She has a plan to help you step out of that. So contact Christina Kader. She's at mindbs.ca. Thank you for listening to the Navigating Complicated Relationship Show. Makayla returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey. And with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.